to the Nick and Nolan Show, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast with your host, Nick Bat. Sometimes I'll start a sentence and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. And Bruce Nolan. I once worked with a guy for three years and never learned his name. Best friend I ever had. Well, well, well. Funny seeing you here again. I'm Bruce Nolan. And welcome to yet another edition of Bruce After Dark, being kept up far past my bedtime by Buffalo Bills general manager Brandon Bean and his wheeling and dealing exploits on this second day of legal tampering. You know, I'll level with you. If I didn't know better, I'd think free agency had actually started and that people were actually signing deals with all of the pods that I've had to generate on breaking news. Mind you, no contracts have actually been signed. But here we are. So the first signing of two that we're going to talk about on this particular pod is former, stop me if you heard this before, Panther Vernon Butler. If you'll recall, we had a conversation, you and I, about Vernon Butler previously on an episode of the Nick and Nolan show where we discussed whether or not Vernon Butler's breakout 2019, where he had six sacks was due to the fact that defensive tackles are a slow developing position. And he was coming from a lesser level of competition into the NFL. And it just took a while for him to like come on. Or if it was really because he's actually a five tech and I mentioned to Nick when I was having this discussion that there are some questions around Vernon Butler and whether or not he's actually a five tech. And the reason he broke out is because the Panthers switched to more three, four looks and he was put in a better position. Well, I also mentioned on that, that the person who would have an opinion on that would be Brandon Bean. And now we know what Brandon Bean's opinion is. Brandon Bean's opinion is he's a defensive tackle in a 4-3 scheme, and Brandon's probably sitting there going, I knew it all along. You know, when we drafted him, I totally knew it was going to happen. I totally knew it was going to happen. So he signed with the Bills per Ian Rappaport of NFL Network for two years, $18 million, $9.3 million guaranteed. Short-term deal again. Short-term deal again. Quentin Spain, three years. AJ Klein, three years. Mario Addison, three years. Jordan Poyer, two-year extension on top of the one. Vernon Butler, two years. Are you noticing a trend here? One of the biggest ways to get yourself into trouble as a GM is to sign somebody to a long-term deal with a fat signing bonus, and then two years in, you're like, "Uh uh-oh. There's a problem here. And you cut them, you get all that signing bonus up in your face again, it accelerates, hits your cap, and now you're in trouble. In this time, I'll level with you. If some of these people end up being busts, the contracts are so short, you don't even have to cut them. You just wait them out and you don't re-sign them. And if they go somewhere else, you know what? So be it. You get the comp pick. Assuming they sign a significant enough deal and you have a net loss in free agency and all that stuff. My take on the Vernon Butler thing is this. Vernon Butler is a cheaper, more proven replacement to Jordan Phillips. 
I'm not okay giving Jordan Phillips $10 million a year. I am a lot more okay giving Vernon Butler nine because Vernon Butler slowly ascended his way and has a track record. Jordan Phillips, not nearly as much. Jordan Phillips kind of flashy in the pan a little bit with the production. Now, could we be wrong? Could Jordan Phillips be a 10 sack a year guy in Arizona? Sure he could be. I don't think that's going to happen. But really, this is a backup three technique contract. Now, do I think $9 million is a little bit high for a backup three tech? Yes, I do. But given how often Buffalo rotates their defensive linemen, reinforcements are necessary. He's still going to play roughly 50% of the snaps. If you were hoping that Ed Oliver was going to be a 70, you know, 70% snap guy, it's just not what we do. That's just not what's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen this year either. It's not philosophically how Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott operate. You don't give a backup three technique $9 million and play them 20% of the snaps. That's not how this is going to go. So Vernon Butler, there's some questions there. I will admit there's some questions there on the five tech versus three tech thing. And I question a little bit paying a backup three tech $9 million a year. But there's another signing. And the other signing is Quentin Jefferson, defensive end, Seattle. Now, there's a three-tech line of thinking with Quentin Jefferson, but per pro football focus and his snap counts from them, he played roughly 660 snaps last year. 197 of them were at right end. 134 of them were at left end. 97 of them were at left defensive tackle, sorry, right defensive tackle, and 76 of them were at left defensive tackle. Quentin Jefferson is versatile. So let's take this back to a tweet that I had a couple hours ago when I was talking about the Bills replacing Lorenzo Alexander and the aspects of Lorenzo Alexander. You got to replace the off-ball portion of Lorenzo Alexander's job. AJ Klein, come on down. You have to replace the special team's demonic tendencies of Lorenzo Alexander. Well, I think we have someone for that. Tyler Batagovich, come on down. You also have to replace the versatility on the defensive line, rushing from the outside, rushing from the inside. Well, Mario Addison has got enough versatility to rush inside. Quentin Jefferson definitely does. So, although I would count him as a defensive end for the purposes of depth chart slottings, he's versatile on the defensive line and can be moved around. The defensive line room looks a lot better than it did when we were thinking about bringing back Jordan Phillips and we were thinking about bringing back Shaq Lawson and worried about the depth there. Do we still need to add a young body? Maybe. It depends what the Bills want to do with Trent Murphy. Is he on the chopping block now? That difference on Trent Murphy's contract between the money we can save by cutting him and the dead cap if we cut them, it's a significant amount number. I mean, you were talking $8 million. It's a significant enough number 
that it makes you wonder if he's going to have a discussion, if he's going to have a come to Jesus moment with the front office and say, listen, Trent, buddy, and we love you, but we have a Star Latulule sort of restructure in mind for you, or, or we could just release you. That's a possibility too. But the Buffalo Bills further reinforcing their defensive line. One of the things I think is interesting is that there was a lot of fans out there who were not pleased with the Bills' ability to get consistent pressure on the quarterback in 2019. A lot of those same fans wanted to run it back with Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson. And that seems counterintuitive to me. I'm okay with how this has turned out for the Buffalo Bills. I'm okay with Addison, Butler, and Jefferson instead of Lawson, Jordan Phillips. I'm okay with that. Fun stat on Quentin Jefferson from Joe Marino of the Draft Network. Quentin Jefferson had more pressures on the quarterback, by that I mean 39, in 401 pass rush snaps than Jordan Phillips had, 38, in 548 pass rush snaps. This is over the last two seasons combined, mind you. That's pretty impressive when you consider that pressures are more predictive of future sacks than sacks are predictive of future sacks, which is something we've been talking about relative to Jordan Phillips this entire offseason, that the sack numbers are probably not going to carry over for the remainder of his career because he converted a pressure to a sack at a whopping 45% of the time this year, which is just an unsustainably staggering number. Now, there are downsides. There are downsides to everything. Quentin Jefferson tried to fight a fan after getting ejected from the game not that long ago. So not exactly what you call the shining beacon of sportsmanship and culture. But in addition to that, I still don't know the financial terms of the Quentin Jefferson deal. So I can't speak to that. So there's risk associated with Jefferson. There's risk associated with Butler. Folks, there's risk associated with every free agent. If there wasn't risk associated, why their teams let them walk? If they were the perfect player, if they were crossing off every T, dotting every I, checking every box, they wouldn't be available. It's about risk management and finding proper value. That's what free agency is about. We talked about that. We talked about the archetypes of free agents that we should be going after. This is about risk management. It's about finding appropriate value. So far, I think with the additions to the defensive line that are equivalent to the additions last year on the offensive line, I think we can start to see a plan from the front office. Last year, They built up their offensive line. This year, they're remaking their defensive line. It's clear that they value the trenches. We know this. They didn't just talk about it. They went out and they did it. Now, this changes things for the draft because we've got bodies in the defensive line room we didn't have in the defensive line room before. We don't have to draft a backup three-tech now if we don't want to. We don't have to draft a defensive end. I'd still like to see if there was a bendy, lengthy pass rusher. If Darrell Taylor's there in the third, I'd still like to get him. 
because we don't have that dynamism in the defensive end room. But I feel perfectly fine about the defensive end room. I feel perfectly fine about the defensive tackle room. I feel completely fine about the defensive line room in general. And that's really what today was about. Today was about the defensive line. With the Butler and the Jefferson signing and the Mario Addison signing last night, the defensive line looks a lot different. Those three players are going to play meaningful snaps for the Bills this year. This is an overhaul. This is a remake of the defensive line. And now you start to understand why Brandon Bean let Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips go. He wanted to remake that defensive line equivalent to the way he remade the offensive line last year. Well, folks, it's 10 o'clock p.m. I'm supposed to be in bed right now, but I'm here talking to you because I love y'all, and that's how this works. I am going to hopefully get off this pod, check Twitter, and we're just going to see if anything crazy has happened in the time that I've done that. The Tom Brady to Tampa Bay stuff, that doesn't count because it's not Bills related. We'll talk about it later. But before I go, there's one thing I want to leave you with. It's super duper important. And it's not like anything you've probably ever heard at the end of these pods before. It's this. I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. I like a do the cha-cha. <laughs> <laughs>